Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host, Kate Roberts. Hi, Kate. Hey, Wynne. And we have a special guest this year. This year, this week. <laughs> All right. We have Orit with us, who won't be the only guest this year. Believe me, we've got plenty lined up. But Orit, this week, is our guest. Hi, Orit. How are you? Hi. Hi, Wynne. Hi, Kate. <laughs> nice to be here. So a quick introduction about Orit. Um, I first met Orit back in late October of 2018 in London while Orit was starting um, the super coach coach training that Michael Neal runs. And it was just really good sometimes you just bump into one of the students and become friends really quickly. And that was the case with Orit. Um, we had many fun conversations over that following six months and in the few years since then as well. So, and Orit does some really cool things in the world. So we're delighted that you're here with us this week. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So for anyone who doesn't know you, Orit, this is a question, right, that will partly potentially put you on the spot, but it is kind of enlightening for anyone who doesn't know you. How would you introduce yourself? and what you're up to. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh. Because um, first it reminds me, you know, when I, I'm living in Berlin for the past nine years. So sometimes, sometimes people ask me, what do you do in Berlin? And I'm like, I live here. And before that, I lived in Jerusalem. And sometimes people would ask me, what do you do in Jerusalem? I would be like, I'm living here. <laughs> um, so that reminds me of that somehow. Um, at the same time, I want to say, hmm, I must have been thinking most of that time, not living so much. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm still kind of nervous. Because when you sent me also the form a few days ago and you asked me these questions, but actually before that, I knew that you asked all your, like I listened to the podcast, so I knew you're asking that. And my mind started feeling with so many things. <laughs> So I guess this is kind of like the entire conversation of today, potentially. Um, yeah, I could see so many stories come up and I didn't know which one I'm supposed to choose or just the fact that we have so many narratives and so many stories we can always tell. And we can get really caught up in finding the right one <laughs> and get so stressed over it. Like I remember when I used to go to a, to a psychologist when I was younger, I would be so, so nervous at the beginning and also afterwards, because what if I don't get the right story? <laughs> you know, then things wouldn't go right. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, this is what happened to me the last few days. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, is this answer good enough? It's a great start. <laughs> There's so many things that you've just said that 
we probably would love to probe into and just figure out a bit more. I thought when I thought about it a little bit, because I got into all, my head was really spinning with all these things. And then I thought, hmm, but maybe that could be actually valuable for some people. <laughs> yeah. Also knowing just for, for the beginning, knowing that they are not alone with these things. And even my questions that I just asked without even noticing, like, is this good enough? Because I was, I kept thinking, I'll probably be your worst guest ever. That is actually probably good because that means I'm, I'm, I'm bad enough <laughs> because I had all these things about not being enough, you know? Wow. Yeah. But that's, that's what my brain does, mind, whatever it is. <laughs> it also is so refreshing how willing you are to say all that out loud and to out yourself. Because I've noticed a lot of people while they might think exactly with the way you've just said, they wouldn't be willing to share that openly with anybody. Oh, that, that's actually, <laughs> so that's, that's nice because I, I don't think I can do without just saying these things. It feels very, like, I guess at the end of the day, I'd rather be vulnerable and say all this than try and be something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the one thing I've noticed of what you're up to now in some of the postings I've read that you're putting out there, which I'm really enjoying, your posts on Instagram and, and, and other places that I noticed that, that you're putting yourself out there these days, is, is for other people to see through their own story and still get out whatever they want to get out into the world. Um, so... No more procrastination, start doing stuff. No more buying into the story, start doing stuff. So it's very much in line with what you've just said is very much in line with what I noticed that you're up to right now. Yeah, the reason I, I help people with these things is because I know something about it. <laughs> uh, it's not, you know, it's not because I was always in my life so productive. Like I can be really productive. Don't get me wrong. but. Um, you know, I think most of my life I got myself into so much trouble, you know, wanting to do things, but then getting into all my stories and into all my thinking and then just feeling really bad and then not doing it. Mm. And it kind of sucks <laughs> because it feels bad. <laughs> um, yes. So I know what helps me because I get into these things all the time. And I know that a lot of people suffer from these things as well so it's not about being kind of productive you know make your day really productive you have to do so many things uh capitalistic stuff but just about there are things that you want to do you're not letting yourself do them because you're afraid or because you're stuck in all your thinking about yourself at this moment but maybe you don't even know that that's that is what keeping you stuck mm. Um, so I guess if we go to the word procrastination, which I remember when someone told it to me the first time, I think it was kind of starting to be a hipstery thing. <laughs> uh, but I was in academia. I was probably doing my PhD at the time. So it was probably like 10 years ago. 
And I noticed because I spent a lot of years in academic surroundings, so I can talk maybe about other environments, but I can talk about academia and the kind of people that I spend time with. And the thing is about people who use their brains a lot <laughs> and their heads a lot is that we get, I'll say we, it's probably like the whole world, but I'll say we. Um, yeah, this is we is the whole world, but <laughs> the kind of people that I hang out with in academia. Um, so I guess you get used to uh, just using your mind, using your brain, using this hamster going there for everything. And yeah, and then I and for everything, I mean everything. And that's really tiring. So I hope I'm making sense because when I listen to myself, I think, oh, so many things that I want to bring together, but maybe that's a part of the thing. <laughs> um, like people with um, really fast brains, I guess, maybe I'll just talk about myself, but uh, I guess <laughs> enough people will recognize themselves in it. So I think my brain kind of is very, very fast and thinks of many ideas and trying to connect all of them at the same time. Yeah, it's funny. Um, this is one of the things that I actually tell people. The thing is that, you know, we want to get ideas out there. And in our mind, we kind of, they can be kind of like impressionistic uh, pictures, paintings. We kind of know them, you know, or you see them. But the thing is that in order to get them out, we have to, to take the, the words like linearly one after the other. And it takes time for that to come out in a way that we like. <laughs> So if they start coming out and we don't really like how they come out, we start and we, we can start getting caught up, you know, like we get caught up with this. Like this is what happens to me when I talk now when I'm a little nervous and all that. So I guess a lot of people can identify with that. Um, so I know that really well, like this feeling. And with, you know, at the end, it's like, it's the same with, I guess, everything that we want to create whether it's words coming out when we talk or words coming out when we write, like different ideas that we want to express, whether they are intellectual, whether they are just even intuitions, like insights, um, whether it's like anything that you want to create. I'm just, I usually write. So I guess it's easier for me to see that. Um, and I think a lot of people forget also that it's a craft. Like they expect things to be really good from the beginning. I remember how it used to be for me. And we also forget that we made up a lot of, um, sorry, the words come up in German, <laughs> that we made up a lot of rules. Um, so I'll give an example. Okay. Because I think now, you know, on my, I started university like in 2000 and my first semester, I actually handed in the papers on time at the end of the semester and I even remember I wrote one paper like we had some questions I wrote some answers and it was in French now I can't even say that my French was that good but just the summer before starting university I was in France to learn French because that was my thing I was a language geek I still am I guess um, this is why <laughs> when when I met you the first time I came in and said just said Borda. 
um, which is in Welsh. So that was how I could start a conversation with you. That was my thing, the languages. So I found myself um, submitting a paper in French. And the funny thing was that if, if you know French, you know that there are these little accents, the accents above the, the letters. But I didn't even know where the accents were on the keyboard. It was 2000, like it was, I didn't even have a laptop at the time, right? So I just handed it this way. I didn't even think that it's okay or not okay to hand in the paper this way. Like now it seems to me really strange. Like what was I thinking? But I got a really good grade. <laughs> like there were some, like the teacher put some, some accents and you know, she fixed some of the, she corrected some of the words, but it was okay. And then I remember, for example, at a later semester, a professor saying, okay, a regular paper, end of semester paper is uh, let's say 12 pages. And the seminar paper is 20 pages. And you know, suddenly there came rules. From that moment, doing papers became difficult because like, how am I going to fill in 12 pages? or you know making more rules about it it has to be really innovative i can't just you know i can't just you know, sum up something that someone else said it has to be original so if if it didn't feel original i wouldn't hand it in for example it sounds kind of silly you know at the moment but i guess a lot of people can identify with something like this like whatever the, the rules they made for them so mm -hmm. One way, correct me if I'm wrong then, that me being a human being, I make up invisible rules in my head about how things should be or, or how I should be. And when I do that and think that they're true, I, am a, I spend quite a bit of time in my head trying to live up to the rules I've made up. Yeah, what you said. Is that one way of saying <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, so actually, just as I was saying this now, I, I think what came to me, and I think it's probably the age where it happens to a lot of people. I thought about being 13 or 14, 15, 16, all these ages, doing all these kind of creative things like writing, you know, trying to write some poems and writing a story, you know, drawing a painting. And then I started having this, mm -mm, it's not original, it's not creative because it looks like that painter that you just started liking, you know, it looks, you know, you like Matisse now, you started doing it like Matisse, so it's not good enough. It's not original, it's not creative. And, you know, I wrote a story and that's just like this writer, I, you know, just like this author I like now. So it's not, you know, I'm copying. It means that it's not creative, it's not original or whatever I made up of original and creative. Like I had no idea to just, Writing something is creative <laughs> and that copy, you know, even copying a style of someone, that's something that's actually creative. It's the way to learn how to do things. But I just shut this thing off. I just wouldn't let myself do stuff. I went up and made a lot of other, you know, really creative stuff. I just didn't know that they were creative, like making up all these stories about myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> about what's, you know, what's right, what's not right how I should be, how I should not be. And what did you see that changed all of that for you? 
<laughs> it's a big question, but I guess. Um, so if I have to do like a kind of an abridged version. So I guess it would be just saying um, that a few years ago. Yeah, I don't want to say that I stumbled across the principles because that's just copying. <laughs> that's what everyone says. Uh, but I, I, I came across the principles. I came across Michael, Michael Neal's book and then all kinds of other books. So as I said, like being a geek, I just read a lot. <laughs> I started kind of reading and you know, diving into this world and then coming to Super Coach Academy. I'll just give that as the context. Um, and then it was just the realization that we just make up stuff all the time and we believe it. And then we live as if that's the, you know, as if that's reality. <laughs> and it was like, hmm. Or it wasn't hmm, it was more like, huh, no, I can't even make the, <laughs> the appropriate sound, you know. It was just like, I don't know, kind of astounding. Like, how, how did I not know that? You kind of suspect that, you know, in, in retrospect, you can see that you suspected that. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like reality seems like really real. I always want to knock, you know, on something when I say that, because as if it's like real as this table, but, and suddenly you start seeing that it's made up of all your thoughts. So that was the specific realization that you had was that you see it all was made up of thoughts. Um, yes. And that, you know, I think something, I feel it. If I make it to be reality, then, you know, without, without even noticing, then it is because I don't know, somehow we are like, we think that we are all, our, all of our experiences and all our thoughts and, I don't, I don't know, like psychologists tell us that. I don't remember anymore who tells us that, but we kind of grow up and we think all these things. Yeah. Now it seems to me kind of strange. <laughs> but for a long time, it seems very true. And, you know, I was also a part of that cult of going to psychologists, you know, for years and, you know, giving them money to build houses. <laughs> Or, or at least a few rooms in their houses <laughs> so that you can sit there and kind of, I don't know, go up to your thought attic, you know, or to do your thought graveyard and try to make something out of it. Love that thought attic. Usually I think about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Actually, it's funny, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I, I usually think of either like a thought graveyard or that what we do is almost like, you know, there used to be people used to go abroad and then come back and do this slideshow. <laughs> and it's almost like we keep all these slides, you know, something that's very old, photos, slides, you know, and without noticing, we go to the attic and we look through all these photos and slides, you know, and it's all full of dust, so and we don't understand why we have this allergy, you know. Just sit there <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> so, like realizing that I don't have to go to the past, you know, to look for an answer there or to go there at all, you know, I do that. 
Although I don't know if I do that so much anymore. It's more about, oh, no, I do a lot of thinking. You know, the funny thing with the thinking is that you're not sure what you're doing with it when you're not in it, in a way. It's like, I know I do something there. I don't know if it's the past. If, is it the future? Is it like all my parallel lives? The ones that I was supposed to live. I don't know why people always just speak on, about thinking about future and past for me. I think for a lot of people, it's like parallel lives, whatever, you know. There are so many dimensions that we can go to. <laughs> so I think going back to a story and the funny thing, I'll just say that it took me, I managed to finish my PhD somehow. Like it took me like 15 years from the moment when I started my B BA until I finished my PhD. And well, I did live a life through that and, you know, changed countries, husbands, all kinds of things. And, and the funny thing was that I, the thing that I researched was the language of, uh, of stories, of fictional stories. And a big part of my dissertation was about the language, like the syntax and grammar of thoughts and states of mind. And yeah, and, and I had to think a lot about what stories mean, you know, about stories, what are stories, you know, what are thoughts, what are states of mind, <laughs> and try and describe them. The thing was, now it's funny for me also that I, I was so in my head about it, you know, all the time about how do I find the right theory to explain that, you know, and can I explain everything? And I was, I just, you know, thought about it all the time I wouldn't let myself ever relax so it was really hard to finish the thing um, and it was really funny for me that afterwards you know finding the principles it was like getting actually all the answers that I kept looking for but kind of like maybe at the wrong places <laughs> or maybe that led up to it you know I can see how these themes of like stories and thoughts and states of mind were always there, but they didn't know how they connect to each other. Mm. And how would you say, as you sit here right now, that they do connect to each other? <laughs> um, okay, let's see. In what way? Well, first I could see. Okay, I'll just say this because there was um, also a book that I, I got that I found at a, at a friend's flat one day uh, by Pema Chodron. It was a few years ago. It was a book that's called When Things Fall Apart. And she has one line there. And she says about how she had this realization. And how she was struck by that, that you can't be in the present moment and be in your story at the same time. And I was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because if you're in the story, you're not here or now. I think most of the time I'm still not here and now, but at least I know where I am. So for me, that's you know, a way to get nearer to that. <laughs> And I could see that all these like thoughts, you know, there are all these 
stories, thoughts, like all the things that I thought were reality before. Like I feel this way because this and this happened. So that, you know, and feeling like very often like a victim of all these things. Like these are the circumstances, these are the things that happened in my past, these are the things that, that are probably going to happen, you know, I've already done that and that and that. And, you know, just play them again and again and again, I guess. So just, just being caught up in the story, in the thoughts, and then wondering why I feel so bad. State of mind. <laughs> so... I'm not going to say like the last few days, I, I, I really let my mind spin and spin and spin faster. So it didn't feel nice at all, you know? So still I have to say, and it's also an important message for me to give out. <laughs> I wanna say that the fact that you know all these things doesn't prevent you from living this. And it's important for me to say this because I think sometimes people, when they come across the principles or they learn them or they listen to podcasts with all kinds of people and they hear about like really amazing transformations of people, they think that there's something wrong with them because they still get caught up in all their stories or I should know, you know, I know all this stuff. I know that I feel my thoughts. I know that if I'm not going to go deeper into my story, I'll feel better, but they still do <laughs> because they're human. <laughs> so it's also important that they don't, you know, that they know that this is also a story <laughs> that they should not have, you know, that it's not supposed to be like that, that they've also made the rule, you know, especially I think for me and for colleagues of mine, you know, people that also, you know, learned with me and are coaches, they also get caught up in this, oh, I'm not supposed to be like that because I help other people. I'm supposed to have like all my shit together. Sorry for my words. No. And I think it's really important to say, no, you're still human. So I think once you start seeing these things, maybe you don't suffer as much as you did in the past. And sometimes you do because that's really human. And I think that within being within it, for me, that's a really big difference at the same time, is that even though I can have, let's say, a few days where I'm caught up in all these things, and it was also interesting, the last few, the last few days, um, like preparing to come here, it's not even preparing, it's not like I try to prepare a story or something like this, you know? But there are just all these things coming up, like, and I could see all the, like, all the um, usual themes that come up, like the good enough, I'm not enough of that, I'm too much of that. So it's almost like, and it's kind of annoying, it doesn't feel nice, but it was also kind of interesting to see, oh, all these things are coming up to almost kind of like say, hi, you know. <laughs> um, Maybe to see what's there to kind of, uh, that's the noise, like, what's my noise? I don't know, like different noise for each person. But we're all still the same in having that. I read this quote this morning that I had to kind of come back to and read again. And I'm, 
I literally never have these quotes in front of me when we do the show. So I always mess them up. Um, but it said something like, my job is to scare myself because then I get to question that. And there was something about that that so often we kind of judge being human and getting caught up in the noise as bad because, you know, it doesn't feel good. And, and so we decide that that's something that we don't want in our experience. But there was something about that quote that I'm actually somehow being human is my job. It's part of what I'm doing because as you start to see it, if we didn't get caught up, we wouldn't have those opportunities to look at it and see it for what it is. Yeah, it's kind of funny how we sometimes think that being human, that's for other people. <laughs> I'm so, it's all true for other people. <laughs> I think we also, like sometimes these reminders, it's especially for people who work with people who help people or support people or you know just trying to help them be people um we kind of need it because it's also a reminder of how they feel if we if if we'd forget that you know what would they you know how would i help people you know who suffer like when a client writes me but you know she's trying to finish her phd and she's like she's in so much suffering because like, I should, I should just leave it already, you know? And I really know how it feels, you know? It's very easy for me to get caught up in her story too, because, you know, I wouldn't want to be back, you know, writing a PhD. <laughs> I chose to leave that. <laughs> but at the same time, I can see where her suffering is coming from. And I'm not forgetting, you know, even though I'm not doing my PhD, but I can get caught up about what I'm doing too. So it's okay. Laura, thanks so much for being with us today and just your level of openness and honesty and just genuinely talking from where you are. We love that so much. Well, thank you for having me here. It's gone by really fast. I'm surprised. Yes. Can I just say uh, one last thing? Of course. Because I think like a couple of things just stood up uh, for me also when I was talking and also before that. So it's, I see that's also what helps people. Like my clients, like the most is like, just like reminding people that they're just enough. Like we have to remind ourselves that all the time. Like I could say that with this, am I enough, am I enough, am I enough? Yes, we are enough. <laughs> and everything gets easier when we kind of go back to that. No, you really are enough. And just giving ourselves permission. Because I think, you know, if we're talking about getting things done, things like this, it's just like giving ourselves permission to just first forget about all these stories for a moment. And just permission to let it be simple. And just permission to play and do whatever without thinking far ahead, you know, just concentrating on what's now. And I think 
this is something that's really helping people and it's really simple yeah you've been listening to under the noise i'm kate roberts and i'm here with my co-host win morgan and today we had Orit Asha with us. Thanks, Orit, again. Thanks. If you have any questions or topics that you would love for us to chat about, please reach out to us. Our information follows the podcast. And uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.